I grew up in the 1970s and 80s in a small but heavily Catholic town. Outside of my group of friends, though, I really knew no other Catholics in the world except two. Can you guess which two I mean? I'll let you know the answer coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Rayner. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond today. I'm looking forward to the hour ahead in which we seek to encourage and inspire one another with the help of our spiritual director in the next few steps of our walk of faith in Jesus. So, yeah, I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin, and as a kid, I remember a common question we'd ask of one another on the playground was, what religion are you? Which, at the time, essentially translated as, what Christian tradition does your family adhere to? And I learned my answer early on. I was Presbyterian. I didn't really have an idea of what that meant, excepting that on Sundays, my family would go to the Presbyterian church for Sunday school and services. But many of my friends, including my best friend, would answer the question by saying, I'm Catholic. I came to understand that that answer meant that they went to the Catholic Church for something called Mass on Sundays, that they went there after school on Wednesdays for catechism class, and that, strangely enough, on Christmas, they went to church at midnight. But other than that, I didn't really know anything about Catholics. I couldn't identify the Catholic priest in our town. I don't know that I ever saw him or any man in a clerical collar around town, much less see anything like a religious habit. I really had no idea of any individuals outside of my small Wisconsin town who called themselves Catholic, except for two. Can you think of the two that I mean? I'm guessing you probably can. In the late 1970s and throughout the 1980s, who were the two most recognizable Catholics? You guessed it, Mother Teresa and Pope John Paul II. I didn't know much about either one of them, but I knew that they were well-known and that they were Catholic. Well, today, of course, both of these well-known Catholics are part of the canon of saints, continuing to provide their prayers and support to those of us striving to live out the will of God in our lives. And today, here on The Inner Life, we're going to be inspired by the life and ministry of one of these saints, Pope St. John Paul II. I'm guessing many of our listeners have stories and inspiring things to share about this holy man. So I look forward to your calls at 888-914-9149. Guiding our discussion today is our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson, who serves as the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, part of the the Archdiocese of St. Paul and Minneapolis. Father Wilson, welcome back to the show. Good to be with you. Thank you much, Patrick. It's good to be back with you as well. Well, as as I'm reflecting on the life of uh, Pope St. John Paul II, I have to say, Father, that as I just said, growing up, I didn't really know much about him. And it could be that some of our listeners didn't know much about him even prior to his pontificate or even during, during his pontificate. So why don't you just introduce us briefly to the man? 
Yeah, that's a, well, <laughs> it, uh, uh, that's a very good question, and it uh, probably lends itself to more than a 30-second answer, Patrick. But sure. um, I think that if we, if, if we went just from the, from the biolog- um, biographical data, uh, John Paul was, uh, was selected Pope by the Holy Spirit through the Church in 1978 and uh, made... made uh, Big news throughout the throughout the world, obviously within the church, but uh, but but even the rest of the world as well, uh, because he was the first non-Italian pope in over 400 years at the time. Uh, he had come from Poland, which was behind uh, the Iron Curtain in uh, religiously suppressed uh, communist uh, territory. Uh, and he became uh, he became well known for his for his first words to to, to the world as as Holy Father, which is uh, "Be not afraid, open wide the doors to Christ." And it was um, uh, you know for for our younger listeners the the 1970s were were, were difficult they were a difficult time uh, socially and uh, within the life of the church as as well and. Um, uh, his uh, his pontificate, I think, brought uh, a tremendous amount of, of faithful stability to uh, the life of the church and a, and, a, and a refocus on some of the fundamentals of, of our life within the church and evangelization and being instruments of, of mercy, uh, telling the truth, uh, evangelizing, and uh, doing everything that we can to, to talk to and bring the gospel to as many people as possible. Yeah, quite a legacy, and uh, as I continue to learn more and more about this saint of the Church, I am continually moved and fascinated by how the Holy Spirit worked in and through him throughout his life, but more specifically in his pontificate, to do the things that you're already suggesting, that he just seemed like an incredible vessel for the Holy Spirit to, uh, to do the work that he had for him. And I'm guessing, again, that a lot of our listeners had the opportunity to see him in person, perhaps even meet him. And uh, I would love to hear your stories, 888-914-9149. But Father Wilson, I understand that you had the opportunity to meet him as well. What was that like? Uh I did, in fact. It was a it was a tremendous uh, blessing to to be able to attend a daily mass with him. Actually, today is the anniversary, Patrick. I, wow. It was uh, December nineteenth, nineteen ninety four, and he had been he had been in recovery uh, from a, a hip injury, uh, and and had not been taking a lot of visitors for for several months. And I was traveling with a couple of my classmates in the seminary at the time, uh, back to from from the Holy Land to to uh, the Twin Cities, and we we stayed over Christmas and uh, through the the good graces of our Archbishop at the time, Archbishop Roach, as well as uh, writing a couple of letters to to the Holy See. Uh, to to the people we were instructed to, we we got the blessing of being able to of of being selected to go into a, a daily mass uh, with him on this December nineteenth, uh, which has the same readings every December nineteenth because right. of uh, because of Advent uh, and turning the corner to towards Christmas, and so we were we were we were blessed uh, to 
to be able to to be able to meet with him, and it was really a it was a surreal experience. It, it they um, uh, they kind of huddled. There were there were probably about fifteen of us or so that were that were there, including probably half of them were were priests, mostly from third world countries, and uh, they kind of gather us into the little um, they call it an antechamber. It's basically a gathering space um, outside of his chapel. Uh, and then uh, they escort us in, and um, you know everybody's reverently quiet and all, uh, while the Holy Father is is sitting in his uh, his chair before the Blessed Sacrament uh, at his at his kneeler in in, in complete silence and, and communion with the, with the Lord. And so the the first vision is is really of of, of his back and uh, in, deep in prayer. And I think that for me that that's. Uh, uh, that is a telltale image that I will hold in in my mind's eye for forever. Because the first thing that I think of of Saint John Paul II is uh, a man of a man of deep prayer, and 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 that's uh, you know in that in that immediate encounter, that's that that's what I saw. So we were able to have mass and. Uh, 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 kind of out of the blue, his his assistant then, um, Monsignor Jevich, who is was his successor then in in Krakow as as a bishop, Archbishop of of Krakow, um, uh, pointed at me and said I would do the reading. Oh really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he uh, he escorted me up to he he escorted me up to the to the pulpit to 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 do the reading and um, the, the the first reading. Um, about the birth of about the birth of Samson, and so I was kind of the the first one to actually see his face because um, he was doing the mass ad orientum, and so he said the prayers uh, he said the prayers uh, facing the tabernacle, not facing the people, and and so I was actually the first one to see his face in that in that little chapel that morning, and uh, it was beautiful. Um, uh, another priest actually gave a brief homily. Uh, then, then we gathered outside, and he he graciously uh, walked through the line and 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 greeted every one of us uh, personally and uh, with a with a couple of, of kind words. And uh, he was very very gracious and kind about the United States. And he uh, he knew where St. Paul, Minnesota was. I was quite a, I was quite I was wow. quite impressed that he yeah. that he knew where he knew where St. Paul was. So uh, it really is a it's a, it it. It was a it was a life changing uh, it was a life changing experience and I have to I have to qualify this and I do this with with anyone that I would ever share the story with it's not because I was anything special I just happened to be at the right place at the uh, at at the right time and and frankly part of what I believe to be the Holy Father's evangelization strategy. Before then, before he was pope, it was very, very rare for people to go into daily masses with with a pope. It was mostly just people at the at the Vatican, that sort of thing. He made a conscious decision to invite normal, everyday people um, to, to to be part of that. Uh, to, to to experience it, and he wanted he liked people, he wanted to meet people, yeah. uh, but he also gave every single person who ever went in there. Uh, an opportunity to share that story for the rest of their lives, and the encounter, the encounter with Christ in there, um, in that in that chapel, not not just with the Holy Father, but 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 with Jesus. And I think that that uh, I believe that that was very intentional on on his part, so that many many people would be able to to relate that that story of of an encounter with Christ in the heart of the church. 
Well, as we are honoring St. John Paul II today here on The Inner Life, and as we are talking about him and the inspiration that he can continue to be in our lives of faith, if you have a story like Father Wilson's that uh, you had, uh, you've been inspired by this great man of faith, uh, whether that be from an in-person meeting or maybe something that you saw happen to him on TV or through the radio or perhaps it's something you read of his, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or you can send us an email, relevantradio.com. Would love to hear some inspiring stories about your interactions with Pope St. John Paul II. Speaking of his writings, Father, I mean, it's kind of unbelievable. I've got a web page here in front of me saying his writings included 14 encyclicals, 15 apostolic exhortations, 11 apostolic constitutions, and 45 apostolic letters, in addition to the you know general audiences, lectures, the homilies, and, and that sort of thing that he would give almost uh, continually in all of that. And uh, yeah, I mean, anything particular, any any words from his writings that have inspired you along the way, Father? Boy, I you know what? There's just there's 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 so much, Patrick, and it's it's hard to narrow it down to uh, to any one thing. But um, the 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 man was the man was so prolific and and so uh, varied in uh, the kinds of things that he that that he wrote and brought brought our attention to. Uh, it, it simply has to be it has to be the the, the grace of the Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. that he was able to. Uh, to generate so much, uh, but I I think um, I I think the uh, probably the most significant thing, uh, and I was in the seminary when it came out was uh, a document called the the, the splendor of truth, uh, veritate splendor, sure. and it really was a it was an addressing of. Uh, the, the truth of the dignity of the human person and uh, the, the the truth of uh, the the goodness of God and that and that truth really has a has an objective reality to it that um, serves humanity to uh, acknowledge and to and to live and and just as a a little bit of context and I think most of us probably understand it now in terms of uh, words like um, uh, relativism and, and 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 that sort of thing. He was really addressing those kinds of things, and uh, in a way that uh, invited people into the beauty and the depth of the truth of the human person, the truth of the person of of Jesus Christ, that would lead us into into true and authentic freedom. So you know the the relativism that we live, it promises it promises freedom and, and fails to deliver. All right. Mm-hmm. And the um but the but but the truth of God, uh the, the the truth of the dignity of the human person is what will lead us into true and authentic uh freedom uh in Christ and, and for others. One of the things that I think of when I think of, uh, when again, after having learned uh, and continuing to learn more and more about John Paul II, is that he was he was very steeped uh, in philosophy as well as theology, and that he was he was an intelligent and, and a thinking man, uh, a man of letters, as it were. And uh, but you saw this come out, and he seemed to have this ability to write at a, at a number of different levels. I mean, he could write very excessively. Um, so that uh, a, a number of people could accept, but he also—I mean—you read some of his his more academic writings, 
and it's it's thick stuff. I mean, you have to you have to wade through it slowly. At least I do. I have to wade through it slowly. Has that been your experience too? Uh, that is definitely that is definitely my experience, and I probably have a little bit more education than the average person in in philosophical things. Right. Uh, and you, I I find myself reading sentences three or four times just to right. just to make sure. But but you are exactly right, Patrick. And I think that that's the you know the the beauty the beauty of him and his proclamation of the gospel is that uh he could speak in language that everybody could understand and one of the you know one of the um uh, i think it was a secular analyst actually who who suggested this is that um you know he could he could go he could go nose to nose intellectually on with with anybody in the world on on almost anything um <clears throat> but he would also be just as comfortable um sitting in front of a first communion class in second grade right. having yeah. having a con- having a conversation with them about the beauty of Jesus in in the Eucharist and and having them uh be able to be able to understand that and that is um uh that is a gift not not everybody has it and uh and it really um <clears throat> when you think about what the what the what the duties uh, are of 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 the holy father uh the ability to communicate to a to a wide wide range of people is uh is is absolutely essential and he uh and he did it he did it with the best of them really really truly uh truly amazing a gifted a gifted communicator able to you know obviously do things at a very high intellectual level but also uh speak in uh in words that uh everyday people can can understand and incorporate into their life well, very good from our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson, pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, as we're speaking today here on The Inner Life about St. John Paul II and uh, his the many effects that he's had on many Catholics' lives. If he has had an effect on your life, we'd love to hear about it. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. Maybe you had the chance to see him in person and have an experience to convey to the rest of us to help inspire us on in our journey of faith. 888-914-9149. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit more into St. John Paul II's writings and particularly something that might be more seasonally appropriate as we head into Christmas. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help with this year's health insurance open enrollment. They offer individual, couple, and family options to best fit your needs. Before January 15th, visit RelevantRadio.com Forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. Patrick Conley sitting in for Josh Raymond today as we're honoring and speaking about the ministry of St. John Paul II as, uh, as our Holy Father um, from 1978 to 2005. And so grateful for the pontificate that he served. The many writings we were just starting to talk about. And if you have a story of how his ministry has affected your life or perhaps a, an encounter you had with the man himself, give us a call, join the conversation, help to inspire others in their walk of faith. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Father, let's take a phone call. We've got Lynn who's calling in from St. Mary's, Pennsylvania. Lynn, welcome to The Inner Life. Oh, thank you. 
I, I wanted to share that I received such healing by learning about the theology of the body, that teaching and the, the truth about our sexuality. I was, re, I was able to be healed of sexual abuse and all that trauma that came along with that. It was such an amazing gift from Pope John Paul II. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that, Lynn. And that's um, that's a that's a wonderful testimony. And uh, you know, the the gift of his teaching on the on the theology of the body. Obviously, it's very very timely in a in in a world that is um, uh, very confused about about human sexuality and kind of all the all the things that can. Um, uh, go out from from that center of of, of confusion, uh, and I think it's very appropriate at at Christmas time uh, that we talk about the 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 body. the The Holy Father um, did lots of study, lots of prayer um, on the the incarnation, the bodily reality of of our Lord, who loved us so much to uh, to take on our our flesh in order to uh, in order to redeem us and to bring us healing. And you felt that in a in a in a wonderful uh, specific and and concrete way. Uh, I think one of the one of the legacies of of uh, Saint John Paul II will be uh, his his willingness to. Uh, to bring Jesus and his incarnational reality into uh, the the realities of of our everyday life, including our hurts and wounds, um, he 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 talked about the richness and and mercy of of Jesus, uh, not just in a theoretical way, not just in you know, and, and we all we all know that as as religious people we can get we can get pretty pie in the sky. But the truth is that uh, that uh, Jesus came down to came down to earth uh, to forgive us, to redeem us, to, to to heal us, and that healing is is always available in uh, in 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 His mercy. And and you've done a wonderful job of of, of sharing that with us in um, uh, the, the the power of power of healing uh, from from that sexual abuse through the the truth of human sexuality and theology of the body. Thank you very yes. much. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for sharing that, for being open with us in that. And and it's something that, of course, we see that healing. You mentioned, Father, uh, the rich in mercy, of course, the title of his second encyclical, John Paul II's second encyclical, Dives in Misericordiae. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm moved by that, too, as you were saying, in fact, it says in the second, even the second paragraph of that work, that the truth revealed in Christ about God, the Father of mercies, enables us to see him as particularly close to man, especially when man is suffering. And he goes on to, of course, write at length about the mercy of God the Father in and through the person of Jesus. And I think as we see that, especially as you mentioned around this Christmas season, maybe any practical advice in the ways that we as followers after Jesus can bring his mercy to effect in our own lives and in the lives of those around us, especially as we enter into Christmas, Father? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple of things there, Patrick. Um, uh, one of one of them is to uh, is to to recognize and acknowledge that we that we need that mercy that He uh, desires to to bring to us and desires us to experience. Uh, I, I I simply I, I do I just absolutely believe that the um, 
the the entry into the heart of mercy is uh, a clear acknowledgement within us that we that we actually need it, and then just as importantly, uh, a willingness to trust that He actually does have mercy. And as I was praying and reflecting about this uh, this morning, Patrick, before we went on, um, what what came to what came to mind is that as as human beings. Um, what do, what do we value in in relationships and i was especially in, in relationships when we're when we're suffering and and i think i think one of those things if it's not on the top of the list it's close is to have people around us who can relate to us uh-huh. and it's like you know it's i mean it's one thing it's it, it, it it's one thing for people to express sympathy and that's that's a that's a wonderful thing but if the person doesn't really know or or has have the ability to relate to what you're going through in that moment it has the risk of of feeling a little bit uh, a little bit shallow or empty despite the the good intentions but what we have in our incarnational savior jesus christ and and the mercy that he offers us is somebody who has gone through it all He's gone through it all. He can relate to us. He has, uh, he has suffered. He has been rejected. Uh, he has been, he has been wounded. He has been treated unfairly. Um, uh, he, he had people that he loved uh, unjustly killed. Um, all these sorts of things that just bring tremendous, tremendous pain and suffering to us. Um, he has he's been through it, and so he is he is there as um, as as one who simply doesn't just offer sympathy, but uh, but offers uh, the the reality of of being able to relate to us very very closely. Right, right. What and what a tremendous gift that is. So again, thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Father Wilson, for your good words on this uh, particular topic. Let's go back to the phones now. Marlene is calling in from Little Falls, Minnesota. Marlene, hello. Welcome Hi. to the Inner Life. Thank you. Thank you. This is one of the greatest popes I think anybody could have ever had. He was he. You know, when he came to the U.S., you had to to watch him on television. Just totally drawn to him. The story I wanted to relate, though, is that our middle child was named John Paul eight months before the first John Paul was, and he got to study in Rome the first or the second year uh, that he was in the seminary at St. John Vianney in in the cities. Um, And then the Holy Father, or bishops, had to had to travel to Rome every. I don't know if it was like every three years. I'm not real sure about this to meet with the Holy Father, and our bishop got to take his seminarians in to visit for an audience with the Holy Father, and our son said um, he will never forget uh, the blue, the beautiful blue eyes of Pope John Paul and how he, um, when you were in, you know, with him, you were like the only one in that room with him. He gave you such attention. So anyway, our son's birthday is is the twenty third of December. So he felt very blessed. He he got to go another time also. So anyway, very beautiful man. Yeah, 
Thanks for sharing that, Marlene. And um, you know what your what your son points out is. Uh, I, I I would say it's probably it's probably universal with people who have had uh, the close encounters uh, with him that uh, he did. He had the he had the ability and the and the grace. Uh, that only saints have to to be able to do that to be able to to be able to look at you and in a in a crowded room you're the only one there and that that really is a um that is a tremendous that is a tremendous thing and and I think that what your son witnessed and and communicated is is something that almost uh anyone who who has had that experience would 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 relate to and say yep absolutely absolutely it may have only been a you know a, a 30 second or 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 a minute uh encounter but i was the only one that he that he was concerned about at that at that time and it really is uh it it it's a powerful thing you know and and particularly in a world in which um you know we're we're often ignored and somebody they're they're looking past our shoulders to to whatever's next and and all those sorts of things that are uh that are unfortunate and sometimes bad habits and sometimes even bad virtue but um uh but but to have him uh, uh be able to be able to show us something different was a uh, a tremendous witness and 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 absolutely true it is a, it is absolutely true so uh thanks for thanks for sharing that you must have, you must have been blessed by the by the holy spirit to name him john paul before he even got <laughs> before he even got there. That's uh, well, part of his name is from his dad and the other part was from my grandfather of ours that um Yeah. Just, well, call uh, it call it providential. <laughs> call it call it providential. Yeah. yeah it's been such a blessing. So yeah. anyway, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Have a thank great day. Thank you. Thank you, Marlene. Thanks for calling in and, and a great story that yeah, really uh it it is something that I have heard time and again of those who did get to come face to face with Pope John Paul II was that it was just as Marlene was describing with her son that uh, it was just as if he was the only person there and uh, and great to hear you affirming that as well and there's got to be something about again this saintly man's understanding of the divine spark within each human being and regarding this human being as something that is is truly a gift right father absolutely and you know what and and what what did he what did he preach on constantly the dignity of the human person the dignity of the human person the presence of god uh in in every human being through being created in 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 him in his image and likeness and so um again it it goes from uh it goes from a theological truth that we all know to a lived reality in his life by treating every single person that way. And right. should we all be able to do that with every encounter yeah. that we have? What 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 we, what could we do with the world? I could only imagine uh, the, the the rocket boosters that my parish might be able to get under if I could do that myself. Yeah, um, right. So you can see effects yeah. of that. Yeah, certainly. And. Yeah. You know, coming up, coming up on again on Christmas, and of course, it is a time of the year of of gift giving, and a lot of people are probably scrambling around there. You've got less than a week; you got to get uh, your Christmas shopping done. Um, but uh, one of the favorite, and and perhaps as I, I've seen it in some sources anyway, say it's the most quoted line of Vatican II by Saint John Paul, well, by Pope John Paul II. Um, was uh, from Gaudium et Spes, where he said, Man who is the only creature on earth which God wills for itself cannot fully find himself 
except through a sincere gift of himself. So maybe maybe the 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 gift that is actually most desired and most wanting, according to this phrase, um, this Christmas, and quite frankly throughout the year, is a gift of oneself. Would you agree with that, Father? I would absolutely agree with that. And, you know, in all the years of dealing with young people, of all the years of dealing with uh, um, uh, people discerning vocations in, in the life of the Church, and frankly, uh, you know, dealing with... Uh, uh, every, every everyday people who are who are trying to trying to do their best and uh, live in a world that is frankly very troubled and and has all sorts of uh, ideas and pathways to to, to happiness. Uh, it really does return to that absolutely fundamental uh, truth that he quotes from Gaudium et Spes that uh, the only the only way to true and authentic happiness and fulfillment is through uh, self gift and self donating love and uh, anything anything less than that will be uh, short of of the uh, of the fulfillment that we that we desire because we're holding back. And, and that, it's, it, yeah, but that yeah. kind of flies in the face of of a lot of our own inclinations, right? I mean, let's let's be honest about this. It seems like if I want something, uh, society teaches me, well, I got to go out and I got to get it for myself. But that's not what this is saying, right? No, it is not. It is uh, it is about it is about self donation. Uh, it is about recognizing that um, in a in in a world that tells us that our security is dependent on how much we accumulate and take in and keep uh, the, the the gospel and the person and the life of Jesus Christ tell us the exact opposite it is our it is our generosity it is our um, willingness to not be attached to those things and to actually uh, give those things and ourselves away that result in in uh, true fulfilled happiness and and t- to be very honest, I think most of us can probably can probably witness to that i mean who who are the who are the most fulfilled and happy people that we that we know and and i I suspect a life of a life of generosity is is going to be um, right at the top of the list people people who are generous are are happy people who give themselves away are happy people who who take their vocation as uh, married persons and, and and mothers and fathers who who give themselves to their kids are are, are happy um, and and so we uh, we we see that and it's a it is, it's a constant message that um, uh, that that he proclaimed and uh, we're we're grateful for it and we we want to continue to do our best to emulate it Well, there you go from our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Yeah, if if you are struggling with last-minute gift ideas, how about one that uh, will cost you probably the most of any gift, um, but will also uh, promise finding oneself, finding happiness in return is the gift of oneself. So an excellent, uh, excellent idea in that regard as well. We are speaking of today here on The Inner Life about Pope St. John Paul II and the influence that he has had on so many uh, of our faithful, our Catholic faithful, over the many, many years of his pontificate as and through his ministry. And even prior to that, if you have a story to share about uh, either coming face-to-face with the Holy Father um, or perhaps uh, reading something that had 
brought healing or mercy or peace into your life, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to take another short break here on The Inner Life, but we'll be back with more right after this. Stay with us. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. I'll be home for Christmas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. Patrick Conley sitting in for Josh Raymond today. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, as well as Thomas Angus for taking your phone calls, and our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson from All Saints Catholic Church in the southern suburbs of the Twin Cities of Minneapolis-St. Paul there in Lakeville. And we're talking today here on The Inner Life about St. John Paul II and specifically the influence that he has had and... uh, you know, I just in listening a little bit to the uh, rejoin music there, being home for Christmas, there is something about uh, celebrating Christmas in the heavenly halls, I would imagine. And uh, that is really one of the main points that St. John Paul II kept bringing up again and again, that the things that we celebrate here on this earth is all a foretaste. Um, in fact, he wrote in Redemptor Hominis, Father, he wrote, This life which the Father has promised and offered to each man in Jesus Christ, his eternal and only Son, who, when the time had fully come, became incarnate and was born of the Virgin Mary, is the final fulfillment of man's vocation. Father, can you just reflect a little bit about how, in and through the lens of St. John Paul II, how when we celebrate this Christmas, it is meant to point us toward our ultimate destiny, of union with God. Yeah, that's a that's a very good very good question, Patrick. And it really, you know, what what uh, when we when we think about Christmas, we think about um, you know we think about the baby Jesus. We don't want to think about the cross, but the cross is the cross is there, and it really is about that um, merging and tying together of of heaven and earth and. Uh, you know the the intent in the garden was that we would be we would live at peace and we would live at harmony with each other and God. Uh, sin uh, created a rupture in that, and and God in His goodness chooses uh, to take on our on our humanity to to heal to heal that rupture and begin the celebration anew. And uh, we we get that we get that opportunity um, uh, to. Uh, to not just lament the reality that the world is kind of a mess and and we're part of that mess, but to rejoice that uh, that Jesus has uh, has taken on our our, our human flesh and uh, and redeemed it. And I you know it, I think I think it's important, Patrick, when we when we talk about the you know celebrating the he- in the heavenly halls and 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 all of that to to recognize that. In the in the incarnation, uh, we get the opportunity to have a little bit of a taste of that here, uh, and, and it can be very easy for us to get discouraged. I think there's a lot a lot of us out there that are just discouraged in a in in a in a, in a troubled world and 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 all of that. But the truth is that the 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 incarnation and 
uh, the union of heaven and earth in Jesus Christ brought redemption and and brings light and and we should we should rejoice in that even in the even in the struggles that 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 happen within our own hearts and uh, and and around us so uh, it gives us a it does give us a glimpse at uh, it, uh, into what will be uh, but let's not just look at what will be let's let's experience uh, with great joy and and uh, and satisfaction and gratitude uh, what is right now. And what we were speaking about before the break, too, Father, it just strikes me that we can tie those two things together about giving oneself as well, that that, that little foretaste is perhaps—now, I'm just kind of going off the top of my head here, but um, I, it seems to match up, especially in the teachings of Pope St. John Paul II, that uh, as, we, as we seek to give—that we are actually the vessels through which God can give that foretaste, certainly in the person of Jesus Christ— we know that, that we are given that foretaste. But even now, as members of his mystical body, we are the ones who can pass that on to others, right? Absolutely. We are vessels of, we are vessels of the, the plan of, of God for, for the world. And, uh, you know, we talk about um, oftentimes uh, when we have conversations, particularly with our Protestant brothers and sisters, we talk about mediation and, and who, who, who mediates and Jesus, the only mediator and all that sort of thing. Um, uh, but, but, but the reality is that every single, every single one of us uh, is is graced with the with the ability and frankly the call uh, to to mediate the presence of God in the lives of in the lives of other people. Um, we only know God, uh, except I, I suspect theoretically in some very extraordinary cases. We only know God through the interactions that we have with other people, and so uh, we are called then to. Uh, to, to 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 trust, believe, and to receive the presence of God within us, and to and to share that and share that with other people as uh, as as mediators, and and let them let them know that it's that it's there as well. And that's uh, one of the things that I think we see very well in the testimonies that people have given about their interactions with John Paul II, that that's that he was that sort of mediator as well. Now, granted, yes, he, he was uh, he was the vicar of Christ. I mean, um, and he was called to that. And so there are graces, of course, that come with that. But uh, but certainly it is something even by our baptisms that we are we are empowered and enabled to do. Uh, in in reflecting that. If you have a story about your interactions with the person of or the ministry of St. John Paul II would like to share that, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. And uh, specifically, Father, as I'm, as I'm thinking about uh, the some of the just unique things that we do see in the person of John Paul II, um, we had talked about um, the splendor of truth, veritatis splendor. Um, we talked about what a what a giving of oneself, i.e., in love to another, and it just draws to mind Ephesians four fifteen of speaking the truth in love. Certainly, um, whether this was uh, graced by the Holy Spirit, learned through experience, or most likely both, um, grace perfecting nature there, nature there in a little ways. Um, Saint John Paul II had had a knack for doing that of speaking the truth in charity or in love, and maybe I'm thinking it's just specifically again coming up on Christmas when we're spending time with family members, relatives. How can we take a page out of John Paul's life and uh, and his example 
and speak the truth lovingly to those around us. Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful, and frankly, an eternal question with uh, uh, whether it's our relatives or whether it's people that we work with or whatever. How do we, how do we effectively share the truth of, of, of Jesus Christ? And I, and I, I, when I was reflecting on this this morning, Patrick, I, wor- I wrote down the word moralism. And mm-hmm. so often the, the conversations that we have uh, culturally are, they're very, very moralistic in tone. Do this, don't do that. You're a good person if you do this. You're a bad person if you do that. And it's not limited to just religious conversations. It's everything. And uh, it's 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 horrifically discouraging, and it's not particularly helpful in terms of um, winning winning hearts to a particular situation. And so, uh, I often use uh, I often use the, uh, uh, the the phrase, particularly in apologetics, uh, that the that the Holy Father used, and and he said, God put us here to win hearts, not arguments. Um, he wants us to win hearts and not arguments, and so that um, that it begins with uh, it begins with a spirit of charity towards uh, people in our life, um, and maybe people who who don't understand, or maybe even people who have who have consciously rejected the life of the church and 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 the life of the life of Christ. It's still it's still a call that we that we have to be. Uh, to be charitable with them, and in the in that charity, hopefully reflect uh, uh, a sense of peace, a sense of order, uh, a sense of love, a sense of generosity that um, that that they 'll be able to see and and then be able to uh, be able to 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 respond to and say. You know why, and and unfortunately, and 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 I think probably most of us have, you know, get uh, get into these things, and and it's like um, the the conversation becomes very moralistic in tone very quickly. You should do this, and you and shame on you for doing that, and um, you know, and while while those things may be true, and I and the Holy Father was as, you know. Uh, dedicated to the commandments as 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 anybody there's there's a, there's a step prior to that and that is introducing um, people as best we can to the one who gave us the commandments in the first place and and so so that's really that's really where we want to go and and to be prepared um, to be prepared to share with people why it's meaningful to us you know why do I why do I go to church every Sunday? I go to church because I want to honor God. I go to church because he feeds me with himself. I go to church because I can't I can't do this on my own. I've got to have I've got to have grace. I go to church because it it unites me with God in in his body and and, and other people. Um, you know, those, those, those kinds, those kinds of things, you know, St. Peter says, be ready to give a witness to, to, to our hope. And, um, and so I think it, I think it really is a, it, it's a matter of us being, uh, being prepared to, uh, share the whys of, of Jesus, um, for us, uh, more so than the, uh, than the do's and don'ts and the and 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 the the moral kinds of things that uh, we can often get caught up in very quickly. Sure, 
Sure, exactly. And St. John Paul II, is, everything I can understand, was a tremendous example of that that we can learn from. I think just uh, we've just got about a minute here remaining, Father, before we get to your blessing. So just uh, curious about if you have any specific resources. Maybe there's listeners who don't really know much about this man and would like to learn more. Any good starting points to learn about the man, about Karl Wojtyla or Pope John Paul II? Oh, that's a very good question, Patrick. And I, I, I would have to say... Um, uh, as far as as far as relatively easy and straightforward reading, and I wish I could remember his title, but the, Jason Everett wrote a book uh, about him uh, and uh, and and his life. Um, uh, and I, I, I apologize for not for not knowing the title, but Jason Everett's book is a is a really great place to to start. Uh, I think that there's been um, uh, there's been several biographies written of uh, about him. Uh, one of them that I that I might recommend uh, it's uh, a lot of them are, are are tomes. They're hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages long. But these are these are things that are probably a little bit more accessible and readable. There's a biography by by Ray Flynn, who is the uh, ambassador to to the Vatican and um, was mayor of Boston uh, back in the 80s, uh, which is uh, which I think is is quite good. Um, his life is so diverse that no one biography can 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 do it all. And right. so you um, there's uh, uh, um, there's also a book um, by by some of his Jewish friends when he was when he was a kid and, I, and when when they were growing up together that I think would be uh, very interesting and I'm sorry the title escapes me on that well, as well. So. That's a lot of good recommendations okay. anyway, Father. Okay. Thank you for that. All right. And uh, if we may have your blessing as we close the show, thank you, Father. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the incarnation of your Son, Jesus Christ, uh, who by his death and resurrection has redeemed us. Continue to prepare our hearts uh, to receive him at Christmas and every day. Bless our listeners and their families, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our spiritual director today has been Father Tom Wilson. And the name of that book, Father, I think Jason Everett was His Five Loves. So St. John Paul the Great, His Five Loves. Check that out. Other ways to learn about this amazing man of John Paul II. And inspire, be inspired so that you might inspire others as well. We've got Father Mark Melezova coming up as our celebrant for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass coming up next year on Relevant Radio. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life. God bless you richly. <laughs>